Ian, you were just telling us a story about the rabbit bloom in Nevada. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, uh, there is a maybe two month period in the spring when the rabbit brush blooms and there's let's these beautiful, it, let's bring it down into a nice Nevada level, beautiful yellow flowers everywhere that make everybody just super, super allergic, just sneezing all the time that you might be saying, well, Ian, it's not springtime. Why are you still allergic? Well, here's the deal. These beautiful rabbit brush. They bloom in the spring and the fall. They bloom twice oh, a year. That sounds nice. And they spray their pollen everywhere. Is that now? Would you call that biannual, or possibly biennial? Scientists biennial. have been unable to tell the difference between them for the last eight thousand years. Joe, what do you call it when something happens twice a year? Do you call it biannual, or do you call it what's the other? You know, what I, I think mean? you or? call it fort fort yearly. Fort yearly <laughs> if it happens twice a year. Hello and welcome to You Don't Know Lid. My name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for a book recommendation about Nevada, because it's Nevada's birthday, approximately. Happy birthday, Nevada. Happy birthday, Nevada. <laughs> what? Approximately. A week Approximately. <laughs> to help me are two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi, Nick. My name is Joe Holshue. I'm a high school English teacher, and I think it's so appropriate that we started with this nice cold open about rabbit brush being both beautiful and dangerous, mm. because from what I can tell from my book this week, beautiful mm. and dangerous is oh. kind of the thing about Nevada. I read oh. Battleborn, a 2012 collection oh. of short stories by Claire V. Watkins, recommended to me by Ian uh, pretty pretty good recommendation, Ian. Good. <laughs> From this good. show? Ian? From, Ian, Ian Dion. Got that Ian one right Dion. there? Uh, Raise Ian your hand, Ian. Hello, it's me. <laughs> uh, good morning, Nick. Good afternoon, Joe. Good evening, Litheads. Today, I'm a Nevadan high school English teacher named Dr. Ian Nevada DeYoung. I brought a book about Nevada called Basin and Range by returning champion John McPhee. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love I love how I love how that the usually the um, Nick uh, sorry Joe is the one that brings uh, the, the same goddamn the, author every week non, <laughs> nonfiction. The nonfiction and I bring the fiction but this week we swapped. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Have either of you ever been to Nevada? Yes, I've been to Nevada. I've been to Vegas. It absolutely doesn't count. It hundred percent. It's like so the, the the relationship between Vegas and the rest of Nevada is like the relationship between Chicago and the rest of Illinois. So if yeah, you that say like, right. "Have you been to Illinois?" Yes, I've been to Chicago. Like it's so different culturally. Um, it's kind of squirreled off in a corner of the state. You have to be going there or flying there. It's just, it, it's, it's really, you really have to have family there. <laughs> Does people from Las Vegas look down upon the rest of people from Nevada Absolutely. or do the rest of Nevada look down upon the people from Las Vegas? Um, both. Both. Um, if, you're, if, you're from Vegas, if you're from Vegas, you say everyone else is uncultured hicks, um, uh, cowboys who couldn't find mm -hmm. their butt right. in a snowstorm, that kind of thing. And if you're from 
Uh, any literally anywhere else you look down on Las Vegas as entitled as not real Nevadans, sex um, maniacs, sex maniacs. Definitely. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Like it's really, it's really that trans transplant thing. There aren't, there aren't a lot of native Las Vegans mm-hmm. because Las Vegas, Las Vegas was tiny until like the 1940s. It, it didn't exist. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and also when you go to Las Vegas, it says, welcome to the state of Las Vegas, which I think is really rude. It is. It's incredibly yeah. rude. Would you guys like to know a little bit about the the um, the, the Nevada birthday? Because it's actually a good story. I do. Uh, really? No? I, I definitely do. I'm in a Nevada okay. mode. Okay, so we're releasing this, uh, Litheads, a week after Nevada Day. You get, Nevada can't say Day. releasing it. We're dropping. We're dropping. We're dropping, we're dropping yeah, this. this is getting dropped. We're spilling this tea um, a week after Nevada Day. Nevada Day is... It was originally the 31st of October, but um, it's been since changed to the last Friday in October. Um, Nevada Day celebrates the day that Nevada became a state. And the way this happened was um, during the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln needed more votes, needed more states to be kind of like to be to be supporting his his um, policies in the Congress and the House and Senate. So uh, Nevada became a state. And because Nevada was a long, long way away, um, and there, there were rules that in order to become a state, you have to, to share your constitution, your state constitution with the, the, um, the federal government, Nevada, this was very urgent. This is very urgent. You've got to get this constitution across a continent. So this is back when you could gerrymander states, whole states, whole states. You could <laughs> just like, make them, <laughs> just make a state. I would like a new state. Help me win this one thing. Um, so Nevada, um, the state of Nevada, the people, people who were in charge wrote their constitution and then they sat down at the telegraph machine and they telegraphed the entire constitution across the country in order to get it to. Yes. Dash, dash, wow. dash, dot, dot. Um, and for a while, it, it might still hold the record for longest telegram ever sent because it wow. was, you know, what a record. Um, it's a constitution. A constitution isn't going to have like. Want to be state? Stop. We'll be legal. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Voting fair. Stop. Like you gotta have all the warehouses and wherefore. Look at that Nevada. Just a pawn. Just a pawn in another <laughs> political political scheme. And so they've leaned into it, and this is the nickname Battleborn because it came into being because of um, the the Civil War. The need the need for more states. Well, welcome, Lit Heads, to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, as we call it, strongly podcast, where every week I have no idea what's going on. And we pick a theme, and two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe, bring book recommendations. Now, Lit Heads, you're also welcome to submit some book recommendations to this show. Perhaps you've read something good lately. Perhaps you have a theme like Nevada that you're like, I got to hear some books about this word. You could submit those at tweenvogue.com. If you're from a state, you can, um, and and you know, the state's birthday is coming up. You can just, are you from a state? (laughs) Get us in on that. Um, if you're from Nevada though, don't do that because we've already, we're already doing, we've already done that. It's it's, Mm. it's right here. Are we going to do a Washington DC week? Washington, Washington DC isn't a state. So no. Okay. Not a state. Okay. That was my next question. Puerto Rico. How do we feel? Maybe, about maybe it? we should. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. A DC I guess week. inclusivity. I do like that. Yeah. Gentlemen, we have some rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers. Rule number two, omit needless words, Joe. And also Joe. Yes. Um, I couldn't help but be, um, a rule number three, only winning matters. Just like in the slots, just like in, in the Nevada. Slots. Yeah. The just slots. like in the slots. 
Here's uh, a funny Nevada joke. I no, was, I think we've talked enough about Nevada. <laughs> well, we Joe, do you want to take 30 seconds and talk uh, what your book's about? Nick, this week I brought a book recommended by Ian, written by Claire Vay Watkins, Battleborn. Great name. It's a book of 10 interconnected short stories that explore the harsh and rugged landscapes of the West and the harsh and rugged lives of the inhabitants that live there. It's about survival, isolation, and the way lives and relationships are shaped by unforgiving states like Nevada. The stories managed to be simultaneously heartwarming and heartbreaking, and it might be the most cohesive short story collection I've ever read. Oh, nice. I like those. I, I like it when... I like it when you get into a short story collection. You're like, okay, these are going to be different. And then about st- story three or four, you're like, wait, yeah, I've met this person before. Yeah, I've like, been here oh, before. Yeah, right. feels good. Interesting. Sounds like a great foundation for hearing more about Nevada. <laughs> Do you want to tell me more about 30 seconds about your book? Trying to describe a John McPhee book is like making croissants at home. There's a lot of layers and I'll probably do a bad job. What the Basin and Range. <laughs> Basin and Range, the book I brought this week, combines McVie's classic observant bystander voice with truckloads mounded high with technical geology facts. Geology. <laughs> oh, At bottom, this book is about a road trip through Nevada with long off-road detours and just enough Nevada outback culture to make this the quintessential Nevada book. Wow. wow. Quintessential Nevada book. Quintessential. Sounds like this is going to be a great episode about Nevada. My wife is going to hate this <laughs> episode so much. <laughs> I look forward to all of the uh, Nevada facts that we'll be sharing. Now, we normally don't lean into themes this uh, directly. I think it's supposed to be more of an indirect connection to uh, just a good book. But, um, uh, you know, these might be good books, too. Um, Got to build that foundation. Joe? Yes. Mm, uh, yeah, Joe, you're going to go first. You, wait, 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 Nick, Nick. What do yeah. you build foundations out of? Uh, bricks. Ooh, wait. And what are bricks are like rocks? So maybe I should go first. Yeah, um, that's a great point. Bricks aren't like rocks. They're hard. Well, they're square. They're out of rocks around. Step on them with a foot. Okay, fine. Fine. I stand corrected. Bricks are not like rocks. I guess I need to go back to geology school. Yeah, nope. Rule number four, no persuasion. Joe, go first. <laughs> All right, Nick, I want to tell you a little bit about Claire Vay Watkins, who is an author I had never heard of before this week. Claire Vay Watkins is my age, and it's always like stressful when you see people that are your age who have done amazing things. Yes, go um, ahead. I learned I learned recently that Taylor Swift is my age, which is just what <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. So she's born in 1984. She's born in Bishop, California, a small town. Um, she she grew up in the Mojave Desert near Death Valley. Um, and and the desert is wow. pretty central to everything that she's written since, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Nick, keep that word in mind, unforgiving, because, um, because it's gonna is it going to come back up. on the test? It's going to keep coming up. <laughs> Her father, a guy named Paul Watkins, was a member of the Manson family. Like, you know, like Charles Manson, the, the guy with Ooh. the swastika carved oh, in wow. his forehead. Not only was he a member <laughs> sorry, of the Manson. What, what member? Uh, exactly. Not only was he a member of the Manson family, he uh, was one of the chief 
how do I say this? He had a couple of big roles in Charles Manson's life. He was the number Yikes. one procurer of young girls. He would like oh, go no. out and find girls and bring them back to the Manson family ranch. What the fuck? That Who was is her, this? This, this, this is author? her dad. The not author's the author. dad. Wow. The author. She should have wrote about that instead of Nevada. Oh, she does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the number one procurer of young girls. He also was the number one witness against Charles Manson when the, um, oh, that's when, good when the trial came up. Oh, so, he, you know, so he's a spineless flipper, too. He's, he's a flip-flopper. <laughs> oh, my God. What a monster. He was a pros- uh, the key witness for the prosecution. Um, Claire Foy Watkins is pretty interesting. Like She seems like she's kind of a rambler. She's She was married to a another author. Uh, she moved out east. She, they got divorced. She moved back west. They have a child together. The child's name is Esme, which I think is really nice. And one detail that I loved about the author is she has the name Esme tattooed across her four knuckles in like um, in like childish print, right? So you see people like, oh. hey, I have a, didn't good. Manson have like some weird tattoos uh, like a swastika on his forehead? Is that what you're thinking of? Well, that was a weird a tattoo. Swast- it wasn't a tattoo. He carved it in with a... Oh, I'm sorry. That's like the hardcore tattoo. Um, okay. Wow. What a background. So she curated these short stories. She didn't write them or she no, no, wrote no, all no, of them. No, she wrote all of these short stories. Okay, um, she okay. started writing them when like many uh, creative writing students do. She started writing them when she was in college. Um, she went to college. I, I want to say she went to college or grad school. I'm sorry. She went to college in Reno um, where, where Ian is. Ian, you're in Reno, yep. right? That's right. Yep. Do you know her? Do you know her? I've met her. Yeah. You've met her. She went to college in Reno where Ian is. She went to grad school, her master's program out east somewhere. I want to say like Ohio. I think that counts just as guess. east if you're, yeah. Yeah. If if you're, you're from Nevada, that from counts the hip as like this. Um, <laughs> um, and, and she's like, I kind of missed Nevada. I kind of missed like living in the desert, which I had done yeah. my whole life. And I started writing stories that reminded me of that. So what came out of it was these 10 loosely connected short stories. And Nick, one of the things you say is like, or Ian, one of the things you say is, um, oh, it's so nice when a character shows up again in another story. I do say that. Yes. That, that doesn't super happen in here. Instead, what happens is they're unified by setting. They're unified by theme. They all have a similar feel to them. So it's like, um, the first story takes place in Grumpy's bar and the second, pl- the second story takes place somewhere else. And the third story takes place out back of Grumpy's bar. Yeah, you got it. You have it. it, right? Got it. Is Grumpy's bar in this, Joe? Grumpy's bar is not in this. Um, mm. Joe, how many of these stories are about Las Vegas and how many about, are about not Las Vegas? There is one story about Las Vegas and there are nine stories one. about not Las Vegas. <laughs> yep. There's one story about Las Vegas. You only uh, need one. What is the, what are the accents of people from Las Vegas? I think Las Jersey, Vegas is just New a Jersey? collection of other people, right? <laughs> <laughs> One of those places like um, state. one of those places like Abu Dhabi that just shouldn't exist. Shouldn't exist. Racist. Joe, Joe um, what are you going to do? Tell us your favorite short stories here. Uh, Tell okay. us more about the author. She sounds fascinating. I want to talk about how these short stories are connected. And I, I yes. think to do that, I have to give you like a, a, a little overview of like a few. Yeah, of give, us a, so give us a feel here. Give us a feel of yeah. these short stories. It feels like Nevada. If you live in Nevada is 
God, I was about to say it's a state of mind. That's gross. Nevada feels oppressive. Like like the desert of Nevada, the wide openness of Nevada, the, the, the danger of Nevada, it feels oppressive in these short stories. And in every single one of these, no matter what they're about, no matter if they're about like this um, foreigner who's hanging out in a brothel, whether they are about like a, a couple of high school friends that go to Las Vegas for a crazy weekend, Nevada feels dangerous and it feels dangerous in a whole bunch of different ways in here. Interesting. Ian, as the local Nevada resident, would you say Nevada's dangerous in a lot of different ways? <laughs> I, I, I can think of quite a few ways you could die. You could die in Nevada. How to, Nev- um, how to die in Nevada. How to die in Nevada. That's, that feels like it should be a game this week. How to die Joe, in Nevada. <laughs> Joe, like, it sounds, it sounds to me like there might be like you might be getting at the idea of cohesion where um, like Nevada is presented as a whole, as a thing, as, as a kind of a, a, a sticky thing that, that sticks to, sticks to itself. It is, it is um, it's cohesive. It forms a whole unit. Um, and that this, this Nevada vibe is sort of distinguishable by itself from like m- maybe Wisconsin or other States, other places might be more fractured. Yeah. Um, whereas Nevada is just, it's just yeah, right. You have, like you have to cope with it as a thing, as as a factor of life, as a thing, and and it also feels in these stories, and and one gets the sense in Claire Bay Watkins' life, um, it feels like omnipresent, like it feels mm, like it's just yep. always there, right? So yeah. like. Uh, let, me, let me give you a, a, an overview of a couple of these stories, and I hope I can kind of get at this danger. So, one of these stories, um, just a quick overview of the plot: a young guy, a young Italian guy, shows up. They go hiking out in the de- in the desert. Um, two young Italian guys go hiking out in the desert, <laughs> and <laughs> one of them gets lost, and the other guy like abandons him and comes home. And there is um, Mario or Luigi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he comes home and he's like an 18 year old Italian guy. He can't drink anywhere. So he goes to a brothel because he can go to the brothel. Like they won't ID him there essentially. So he sits there and drinks at a brothel for a week while everybody around him is basically like, yeah, we got to be super nice to this guy because his friend is super dead. Like he, he's holding out hope for his friend, but his friend is super Everyone dead. Knows. Yeah. Everyone hold on, dies. Hold on. His problem solving plan here was to just go have sex for a week and drink. Well, it, it, well kind of, this is the, the sweetness and the sadness was that, of this. Was that their meeting point? He, he just wants a place where he can if get a drink. If you get lost, and, meet me by the hookers. <laughs> No, he's just looking for a place to drink. And the brothel is the place that won't ID him. Like they'll let him in without, yeah, without. So um, no rules. His, his plan isn't to have sex. His plan is just to have a drink. Um, in the meantime, he does fall in love with an escort. Of course. Obviously, <laughs> which is one of those things where it's like, oh, this is only going to go poorly for you. And yes. Even, right. And even when there's like these sweet moments and these tender moments and like as the reader, you kind of fall in love with this escort too because she's like smart and cool and she like, all been and there. she likes you. <laughs> but the whole time you're reading it, there's just this looming sense of dread. You're just like, oh, not only is his friend super dead, yeah, this is only going to go really poorly for mm. him. 
So um, a lot of it is it does exactly sound like uh, how, how to d- a thousand ways to die in the West. <laughs> a thousand ways to die in Las Vegas. Yes. A thousand yeah. ways to die in Nevada. Yeah. Nevada. Um, is it Nev- hey, Ian? Is it Nevada or Nevada? Ooh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know hey, the answer. Joe, what's the answer? Buzz. Uh, Nevada. Nevada. It is Nevada. One Nevada. of the best, fastest With ways to. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. One of the best, fastest Nevada. ways to um, clarify that you're not from here is to call it Nevada. Like that's how we tell. That's how we know. And do you give a look? Uh, we give a kick. There's like a kick, like get out of here. Right. You just hurt them physically. It's, no, it's just a loving kick. It's just like a come on, come on. Where is the, the kick though? In the shins. In the shin. Okay. With All cowboy right. boots on. Thought he was going to say loving. balls. No. So, Joe, no. Um, tell us another a dangerous story. Another dangerous story. Um, there's a guy. Uh, he's a How bit of a hermit. How long are these shorts? Uh, they, they vary a lot. Most of them are somewhere around the room, around the range of like maybe 20 pages long. But as oh, okay. so often happens in a short story collection, all of a sudden there's just one that's like 80 pages long. Son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then- <laughs> says, this one's going to go long and there's nothing any of us can do about it. No, I'm just going to bury it in the middle of this book. There's another one where like this guy, he's a he's. Uh, prospecting like hermit, I guess, who lives on this little square in the desert. Um, and he like finds a teenager out in the desert after a bunch of kids came out there drinking one night and she was just like abandoned by her friends and he takes her in and, and like, kind of falls in love with her oh boy. but yeah okay. there's a lot of stuff like that like kind of falls in love with her and then her dad shows up Uh-oh. um yeah i bet they didn't hit it off <laughs> <laughs> no joe these are all these are all fiction well okay they're all fake fiction except they are all when you lie. read when you read interviews with claire bay watkins um people always ask about like the level of autobiography in these short stories, right? Like, Hey, what level of autobiography is this? What level of, of this is you? And I really kind of like how she answers. She's like, Oh, they're all me. They're, they're all about me. They're all me, which is a crazy answer because when you read them, they can, that cannot be true. Right? <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, they're all, they're all about me. Next question, please. <laughs> she's not an Italian uh, traveler through Nevada. That's interesting because like, it sounds like as as you're as you're narrating these, it reminds me there are there are a lot of interesting people in Nevada. That's uh, perhaps an understatement. Um, there are a lot of a lot of remarkable, especially as sort of once you get out of um, out of the, the larger metropolises. Um, and I f- I feel like these might be the sort of fiction that um, you don't you don't they're not technically true, but they could be true in Nevada. Yeah. These could be true. Yeah. These could be. These could be nonfiction. They are, yeah, they all feel totally plausible and they all feel well, it's good fiction. It's good fiction. There should be a name for that. Yeah. I just I just gave you one, Joe. Well, but it maybe a little snappier, a little catchier. Faction. Right? How about faction? Co 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 fiction. Co fiction? That sounds like fiction that we write together. Yeah, like co opted. Nick, you ask about uh, you ask about like how many I'm of these are autobiographical. Of 
<laughs> Let's beat this dead horse. <laughs> the first story in this is um, is very much. It feels like it's pretty autobiographical. It's about a guy <laughs> whose dad was in the Charles Manson gang, and and like nice. all of a sudden, a half sister shows up that she refers okay. to as Razor Blade Baby because like the half sister was delivered when her mom was cut open with a razor blade the on, on the ranch. Yeah, okay. You get a <laughs> sense of the, when I talk about the danger in these short stories, these stories are unified, not by characters, but by this sense of people wanting things to be better. People wanting hope in their lives and just getting absolutely stonewalled by their circumstances, getting absolutely stopped by their circumstances. Nick, the title of this short story collection is called Battleborn. Have you heard this phrase before? Um, I think in Game of Thrones, I've heard it. Yeah, that's not bad. Ian, I bet you've heard this phrase before. Yes, I heard it when I, when I said it earlier in this episode. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's, on, the, it's on the Nevada state flag. Yeah, it's it's one. It's the nickname. It's, it's one the, of the nickname, nicknames. and of course, like this, you could guess that this refers to like Nevada becoming a state in the union because Abe Lincoln needed needed um, you know the votes yeah. or whatever votes. it is. But when you read this book, like it's such an apt title because it does feel like every character in this book, every short story in this book is somebody kind of going through the crucible, right? Like somebody going through the crucible of some battle, real or or metaphorical here, and kind of coming out the other side, you know, a little worse for rare usually, but, um, but you know, alive usually, (laughs) (laughs) usually, usually. It sounds pretty entertaining. In terms of Nevada books, it sounds like it could actually deliver. (laughs) (laughs) Live up to the the hype. One of the things that blew my mind about this is every time we get a theme like this, I I don't know how Ian does this, but I go to Google and I'm like, books about Nevada, the most important Nevada books, Nevada, Nevada books, books, books. This book showed up on no list that I found. I didn't find a single list that had this book on it. If Ian had not recommended this book to me, I absolutely would not have read it. With that said, this feels like kind of the Nevada book to me, right? Like Ooh, interesting just, fighting words. Oh, it, it felt so awesome. like a lot of times, as you were saying, Nick, our themes are pretty loosely connected to the books that we bring. This book isn't just a collection of short stories from an author from Nevada. This book is about Nevada. Like it's cliche to say like Nevada is a character in this book, but it, it like absolutely is. It like is omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's like this. He wears a hat. It wears a, a Stilton. Stil, Stilton Stetson. 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 There it What's is. What's a Stetson? Is that a, it's a hat? A cowboy Big hat? old cowboy <laughs> hat. Big old cowboy <laughs> hat. Okay. Thanks guys. Yep. Absolutely. That's what we're here for. So that's it. Ian, what did you bring? I brought uh, I brought a book called Basin and Range. This book is, I would say, less um, less sensational than Joe's. <laughs> I, I, I realize a John Murphy book. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. up against it uh, in that regard. Um, this is a book which is which about serial killer was your author related to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just a just a, a brute at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. That's all he slayed. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Um, this this book is the first in f- a series of four that McPhee wrote about 
um, the sort of the sort of um, geology and topography of the U.S. Um, so this is one which is focused on a particularly interesting geological area. This already sounds like super boring. Um, the thing, the thing that McFee does, well, as we talked about before, the episode down a takes, little bit. <laughs> he takes the things that you expect to be boring, and he makes them not. Um, he makes them accessible. So he. I learned way more about geology in this book than I ever knew I needed. I'm still not sure I need to know as much as John McPhee gave me, but he does. He does this thing where he introduces like important geological things, important points like um, plate tectonics or the idea of the road cut. He says it's really hard to see where like it's hard to see stratification. It's hard to see rocks stacked on top of each other, except for when they're building a road and they blast through a hillside. And so he says geologists, when they're studying, like kind of out trying to get a sense of the, the geological shape of the world around them, they, they look for these road cuts. They're bad drivers. <laughs> they just follow like, down road cuts. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> road cut, like off into the shoulder and they look at it. They look out well, there. To set the stage here, Ian, I just want, I don't want to be like down on rocks because yeah. you're talking to somebody who uh, comes from a family that truly cherishes rocks. I mean, uh-huh. my wife just received uh, for uh, her birthday a Rock of the Month Club subscription for wow. the next year. We have, a, we have a shelf on our, uh, in our home dedicated to rocks we find in our travels wow. rocks wow. are very cool uh-huh. rocks are cool i didn't yeah. i didn't know that I, I i neither knew this nor could have could have expected this no but nobody <laughs> saw that coming <laughs> joe do you have any rocks at your house Left field. Uh, we sometimes i pick up rocks when i travel and then like put mm-hmm. them in places that i can discover around the house but not oh i actually have huge rocks in my backyard i forgot about this i have huge yeah, rocks joe you almost recently went into um um debt uh <laughs> debt to insert large rocks into your backyard for structure. Uh, but they are the, like the biggest rocks I've ever seen in real life. It, huge rocks. Huge, yes. rocks. So big, big rock fans here. Uh, rock, we're all rock hounds. We're rocking oh, and rolling say, now. Ian, tell us about Nevada this book. Rocks. So um, this book kind of intersperses a road trip across Nevada with a ton, a ton of geology facts. Um, <laughs> So he literally does this. He's like, we're going to do a road trip chapter and then we're going to and then we're going to get kind of we're going to get kind of diverted by something that we find along the way. And I'm going to give you like the history of plate tectonics or I'm going to give you uh, the origins of this understanding of how geology should work and how it used to work. So it's a very kind of it's a strange reading experience. It's not just straight road trip and it's not just straight geology facts it's it's got it all baby (laughs) you're looking for those two things um whenever there's a john mcphee book it's this immediate challenge so okay you have rocks make it interesting for us ian tell us about rocks i mean i I know i'm talking to two rock hounds here but broadly broadly understand geology is imagined to be um perhaps a boring uh a dry science um and he's like no we're gonna talk in sort of dramatic terms about how this city is moving um, westward at the rate of three feet every hundred years. And like, he's going to say that's, that's an amazing weird thing. And, and he, he persuades you. It's like, well, is that, is that really, that's not very fast. But then he points out, well, since the country was founded, these two, these two places are now half a mile apart or something like that. So could be a metaphor, Joe. He does does do things to, to sort of, to trick you into liking it, to trick you into being interested (laughs) in it and to trick you into, to understanding um, he has early on, he's got these chapters where he's like just listing 
in an almost sort of sarcastic way, the incredible terminology and um, uh, like the, the, the ways that geologists talk and he's like mocking it. He's like, this is goofy. Uh, by the end of the, the book, you understand some of these things and you, you kind of mimic his gradual introduction into the world of geology and you share some of his enthusiasm for it. Now, Joe, Joe, you've read McPhee books before. Do you Many. think Ian is going to struggle over the next couple of minutes th- to well, explain rocks? Or do you think he's just overfloweth with content and he just can't <laughs> even get it into words? Well, let's start here. I bet Ian's got some good rock stuff, right? Like that, okay. that's number you one. He's John got McPhee's got good rock stuff. But that's like the trick about John McPhee all the time. It's like, here's this topic that you do not think is interesting at all. And let me show show you what is so cool about it. Let me what show you what is so interesting about it. A clamp. Good. Yep. As you're talking, I figured it out. McPhee. So McPhee isn't interested in the things themselves that he writes about. I mean, maybe he is. He writes about canoes. He writes about Swiss defense oranges. forces. Oranges. Swiss oranges. He Pine writes about barons. rocks, but he's not particularly interested in the thing themselves as much as he's interested in watching people look at these things, watching the people who are interested in those things. It's not so much. Let me tell you the weird facts about oranges. It's let me tell you, let me, let me introduce you to the people who know everything there is to know about oranges. And I think, so his, his focus is geology. Yes, but it's geology through the eyes of his buddy, Kenneth DeFaze, who is a Princeton professor, um, also a mining prospector who he road trips with and he gets to understand rocks through the eyes of DeFaze. He gets to understand more about DeFaze. This is it. These are his, his books are studies of nerds. It's kind of like when you, like when you're in school and you have a class that you don't care about at all. It's like, Oh, I'm going to take chemistry and I don't care about chemistry. But then you have a chemistry teacher who is just all about chemistry, who's excited about it, who tells you all the cool stuff. And for that quarter or semester or year, you're like, oh, chemistry might be my life's calling. (laughs) And then you go and take a different class and you're like, oh no, it actually sucks. (laughs) So he begins this book, not really knowing much or claiming not to know much about geology. And he, he, he links up with this professor from Princeton, Kenneth DeFaze, and he and DeFaze drive across from Salt Lake City to Reno um, Interstate 80 is the the highway that runs that way. It's a fairly empty, lonely, beautiful drive. Um, this is not Vegas at all. This is far to the north. It ain't um, Vegas, baby. He's he's driving. He's driving it in one of the most beautiful times of the year. Um, in fact, right around this time, um, 30, 40 years ago, um, early November, he's driving across. There's there. There, there are snowstorms. There are. Uh, clouds rolling past. Um, they're stopping, and DeFaze is like, "Look at that freaking rock!" And John McPhee is like, "Oh, okay, that's nice." <laughs> and DeFaze is like, "No, that rock is that way because it got pushed up by the plates that collided here, and there's magma underneath, and it's spewing out. Then the the mountains are rising faster than they can be eroded, and it just he goes. DeFaze goes on and on, and McPhee shares this with us, and McPhee gets caught up in it. We get caught up with in it." And our growing enthusiasm mirrors McPhee's, which it's kind of weirdly personal, but um, it's persuasive. The DeFaze, the, the character that that um, the, the fellow that that McPhee drives with, 
DeFazer is really good at this. He teaches introductory geology. So he's got to, he's got to both know his stuff and make it interesting. Um, the nickname for his class at Princeton is <clears throat> rocks for jocks. It's like, oh, you have to take your yeah. science class and this is the, um, DeFaze tastes the rocks. He grabs a piece of rock and he it. puts it oh, in, it in his mouth. Salty and, like, and he says that not just salty. He's oh. like, oh, this is creamy. This is yeah. gritty. Joe, this is crunchy. Nice. I just got to feel, see if it has any umami in it. <laughs> this is a lot of depth. <laughs> the mouthfeel. The uh-huh. mouthfeel. Um, and then he would put whole rocks in his mouth and chew them. Ian. Yeah. Are there pictures in this book? No way. There are some. It's a well-designed, it's a pretty Don't book. Say no, Joe. You didn't fucking read it. It's, it's a it's a well-designed and i would say i would say there are, this is not the answer you're looking for but there are word pictures um <laughs> uh, gross it's a trap that's an english teacher run redheads run <laughs> part of um, part of part of the reason that defaze and mcphee are driving is that defaze has this idea that if he goes to some of the, the remote mountains in nevada to where there used to be silver mines um, he can crush up the old rock from those silver mines and extract more silver from them. Um, and this is this is one of the ways that people mine now. This is an adventure right now. Now we're on a mission. Yeah. And so so they they drive out, they drive, they, they leave the highway and they go up and he's like, uh, I ask I'm, I'm he's McPhee says, I, I asked a phase if I could if I could like share the location where we were going in my book. Absolutely. He's like, nope, you may not. Nope. This is this is nope. This is <laughs> this, this is secret. secret. I didn't even read this book and I knew he wasn't down with sharing his secret <laughs> silver location. Yeah. DeFaze <laughs> says you can't eat to, to McPhee. You can't even describe the place that like the, the mountain range that we're going to. You can't say what yeah. it looks like because people will know. Yeah. So those right. you, got these, you got these open mm-hmm. spaces. You've got these moments of wry humor where like um mcphee Next says thing you know, there could be two to three other people here <laughs> <laughs> but those two to three other people they might take my old mine rocks and that's this mm, guy's is, no is, does this guy come across as absolutely insane no or is, does this guy come across as like a pretty no he teaches rocks for jocks he comes across <laughs> as charismatic and witty and <laughs> chuck he, he he's he's the kind of guy who's from new jersey but ought to be from nevada um, okay he is not a little bit of a little unhinged uh, a little bit of the, the enthusiast but he is he just he fits in he's the kind of guy who should be there so um there's a there's a lot there's a lot in this story there's a lot in this book that that um i I can't get to like the time that McPhee sees a UFO. Um, that's like just a whole, a whole separate piece that Ge- genuinely driving. believes he has yes. seen the UFO. Yeah. Yes. UFO? Yes. Don't Joe yes. again. You have not read this book. Don't talk about it. Like you've read it. Okay. Well, one of the Ian. things I was you forget all the cool stuff that happens in Nevada. Like there's like nuclear tests. There's UFOs. Yep. There's yep. ghost towns. There's mega blooms. Okay. I was recently in Southern Nevada camping in a, a set of mountains um, uh, about 20 miles northwest of um, Vegas. Too specific. You could never go with this guy. They're the spring mountains. They're beautiful. Um, but um, there was a plaque uh, by a roadside pullout. And it, it basically said, hey, um, 
back in the fifties when they were doing nuclear tests up, um, on in, in area 51 mercury area. Um, this is this, this roadside plot is where the vegan Las Vegans would come to watch the mushroom clouds. Of course. Cause how cool they would, would that know, be to see? They would like, there would be leaks. They would know, yeah. okay, it's going to be the detonation is going to happen around, you know, midnight at this time. And so people would go out there, of course. And, you know, 30, 40 miles away. You can see it. If the, if it's clear and you would watch for, the nuclear like there's so so much and mcphee scratches the surface um uh watkins scratches the the surface there's just a there's a ton here people um my wife and i get grouchy when people drive across nevada and say it's empty it's not empty it's full <sighs> of things that you haven't been trained to look Fighting for words to yeah. the untrained yep. eye it's empty you, Absolutely. You, you've perhaps passed several dozen types of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this book, in addition to sort of like way more geology than I ever knew I needed, um, is, <laughs> I wanted. is that we're wanted. Uh, no, I, I'm glad I know this because this enriches my experience of my home state now. Um, What's the state McPhee, rock? Like, oh, great question. I don't actually know. What? It doesn't come up in your Nevada book about rocks? <laughs> McPhee, it's opal, big, big miss, it's opal, oh, big miss, good one. It's opal, big the miss. The Virgin Valley Black Fire Opal was officially declared Black Nevada's state, official opal. state precious gemstone in 1987. Rocks have such cool names. They do, and this is the thing. Yeah. What a beautiful segue. So one of the things that McPhee gets into is the the beauty of geology language, which I trust a trust a reporter slash author to to get into this. Black opal is amazing isn't it it gorgeous this is unbelievably stunning it is like a rainbow yeah well that's that's it's like a double or triple rainbow that's how pretty it is wow that's really cool that's really cool wisconsin state rock real-time follow-up is red granite red granite which i mean that's pretty cool too that's pretty cool too um mcphee says that so he he took a geology class too and he he says he used to sit in class and listen to the terms come floating down the room like paper airplanes geology was called a descriptive science it's nothing if not descriptive so a big part of this is sort of just like the mouthfeel of the words mm, the umami mouthfeel of the rock uh, words yeah. <laughs> of, of these geology words like they speak to us they capture us they capture our attention the way that def- the way that DeFay's kind of puts the, the rocks in his mouth and says, oh, this is creamy. It must be, you know, it must be siltstone. McPhee rolls these these technical terms, chert and rhyolite. And I'm losing the others. Basalt and fire uh, volcanic bomb tough. Um, he, he just he he loves he, and he uses these words almost to give you kind of a verbal texture, the way that texture is so important in understanding rocks, understanding like visual right. and, and, and feel. Like it's feel really hard. Like I said, in my 32nd, this is like a, a croissant making a croissant. There are a lot of layers here and mm, I'm doing it. Tough I'm to doing do. a, a, and you have to fold them with a huge mess. I'm making a huge mess with it. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to Tiffany's uh, safe place for you to tell me all of the terrible, terrible things about your book without it being held against you. Joe, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, tell me something real nasty about this book. I mean, you already said the... I said some like razor blade baby stuff like that. I said yeah, already. that was pretty bad. That's yeah. just unsettling though. 
So a lot of times for me, the hardest part of getting into a book is actually like getting into the routine of reading it. Like once you get going in a longer narrative, there's a gravity to it that pulls you forward. Reading this book felt like watching a season of Black Mirror, right? Where it's like every story is is great, right? Loved every story in it, but they were also all really heavy and there was never any relief. So what would happen is I would read a story I would really like it, but when I would think about picking up that book again to read the next story, I like couldn't bring myself to do it frequently. This book took me a long time to read. Um, I, I, I struggled to get through it, and it was okay. because of like... Joe's the, not a good reader, Ian? Yeah, bad reader. <laughs> um, I would say that I wish... You're going to hate this. I wish there was more yeah. Nevada in this book. Like, uh, <laughs> my, favorite stuff, my favorite stuff in this book is the road trip. And then every time he would like go off road to talk about like the Mesozoic era, I was like, okay, come on, McPhee, get us back get to, back to Nevada. Lovelock, Nevada and the weird people in there who believe that their, their geology of their place is never going to change. Like I want to know more about that. And I want to know more about them. So the detours These hopeless are romantics, <laughs> educational, but not as exciting as the as the cross country travel. Uh, is, was that book hard to find? Because I've noticed that his books are hard to find uh, on like well, digitally. I live. Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't actually find it digitally. <gasps> I found it physically. <gasps> Real I have a physical book. copy. This is from Real book. the University of Nevada Library. Um, it's Nevada. So Truthberry. Um, Truthberry. Yes. Thank you. Um, uh, I think. I think Nevada has a little bit of a, a little dog syndrome. Uh, it's sort of a chip on its shoulder mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah, we matter. So, so a lot of the libraries here, Truthberries here, have a section of books about Nevada. This is a thing that like is um, is cultivated. Uh, a sense of like Nevada's oh, literary sure. heritage. Yeah, yes, it does exist. Sure, there are a bunch of well-known authors from California and Arizona and Oregon, but Nevada is okay. a thing that's, too. That's enough about Nevada. I think we've heard quite Nevada. Oh, Ian, the book sounds great, but you lose. Um, mm. You know, it's just, McPhee's look, I just want to set a, a rule number five here real quick. You can bring John McPhee books. All right. You can bring as many as you want. I'm sure we're going to get through them all eventually one day. Mm-hmm. But you, I don't know if you'll win. <laughs> <laughs> He's won enough. Lidheads, if you want, if you want to become a Nevadan, yeah, you, you saw it. If you want to become a Nevadan, all you have to do is head on over to tweenvogue.com and suggest a book uh, or a theme or both for us to uh, for us to read on this podcast. The best way you can tell your the best way you can share the good news of um, of you don't know lit is by telling bookish friends all about how we love John McPhee and he always wins. Congratulations to Claire Bay Watkins. It's only fair because she's a, I mean, she's not a native Nevada and she was born in California, but Bishop is close. And John McPhee is not. He's from like the East Coast or something. He doesn't deserve this Nevada Day win. I got a, a really nice piece from one of the short stories. Um, it is epistolary. The, the short story is epistolary, so it just shows up pew, as a pew. series of letters. Yep. I slept terribly last night. Dream dreams not easily identified as such. Had I told my wife about them, she might have given me a small quartz crystal or amethyst and insisted I carry it around in my pocket all day to cleanse my mind and spirit. She comes from California. Here's a story <laughs> she likes to tell. On one of our most on one of our first dates, we walked arm in arm around downtown Reno, where she was a clerk at a grocery store and I was a student of agriculture and business. Then she tried to pull me down a little flight of stairs to the red lit underground residence of a palm reader and psychic. I declined. Damn near an hour she pulled on me, saying, what was I afraid of? Asking me what the big deal was. 
I'm not a religious man, but I told her then there's some things I'd rather not fuck with. Now she's like to say it's a good thing I wouldn't go in because if that psychic had told her that she'd be stuck with me for going on 14 years now, she would have turned and headed for the hills. Ha! And I say, honey, not as fast as I would have. Ha ha! This is our old joke. Like all our memories, we like to take it out once in a while, lay it flat on the kitchen table the way my wife does with sewing patterns where we line up the shape of our life against the way we thought it was to be by now. I'll tell you what I don't tell her, that there's something shameful in this, the buoying of our sinking spirits with old stories. I'm gonna stop there. Oh, that's kind of a weird ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I kind it's of good. said it like I was gonna read the next paragraph, and then I, and then I didn't. <laughs>